name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 683, I think. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to go over... um, uh, Five essential parenting practices. Yeah, Zen Parenting Moment that Kathy wrote on Friday Mm -hmm. that I thought was really good. Thank you. I'm not the only one, I don't think. Um, so that's going to be the main focus. Uh, but first, let me go over to my breaking news thing. Ooh, breaking news. We have news. a few different breaking newses. Um, we got a busy week with Team Zen. Team Zen is this kind of like insider Zen parenting community, 25 bucks a month. We have these uh, Zen Talks. Uh, we have these micro communities, which is a community within the Team Zen community. And this week... Uh, there is a micro community for um, teammates who have loved ones dealing with addiction. And then on that same day, you and I are doing a Zen talk. That's actually today, Tuesday. Okay. Um, and then lastly, there's another micro community on November 10th, which I guess would be Thursday, uh, parents of differently wired kids. So if there's any listeners out there, they're like, oh, this Team Zen thing sounds good. And I have a differently wired kid. This is your spot. So, Todd, is there, because I know Brad was working on this, do we now have a Facebook page where all of these events are? Because I think sometimes when you're hearing it, it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so is well, there a we place? have a web page. Well, that's what I mean. Um, so, like, I know we were working on the Team Zen page. Is that page now, like, it has all the events, all, like, is it done? Um, the events page is done. It's done. All okay. the other stuff Brad's working on is not yet done. Got it. Okay. So we're just, we're, we're trying to get this information, uh, so it has a little more clarity. Yeah. So people can just click somewhere and be like, oh, this is what you have. This is what you offer. This is what's coming up. Yes. And we're working on that. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm just kind of giving the announcements. Right. Breaking, All right. No, the breaking news. Uh, right. The breaking news. So if you're interested, uh, just scroll down on your phone and click on Team Zen and you'll learn more. Um, and then Kathy wanted me to play this. Fourth of July parades. Well, it's America, baby. It is America. So today is one of the most important days in our country. Um, it always is. This election day um, is our opportunity to speak up for what's most important to us. Um, and if you decide your vote doesn't matter, then it literally won't. <laughs> and if you choose to vote. And to get to the polls today, you could be surprised by your vote mattering quite a big amount. Yeah. How's that for a sentence? It was a little clunky. I th- it's so clunky. And I, f- I just feel like we sometimes are like, well, what's the point? This apathetic, cynical way of looking at the world. And you're either going to vote and it'll work out well for you and for others or you don't do anything assuming that what you have to say isn't isn't important. And that is not um, what we're supposed to do in this country. This country is a democracy, and we're all supposed to come out and say how we feel. This is what I believe. And uh, we got ours done early. We did the bail-in thing. I know. Like, I sent mine, yours, and JC's, like, 
three weeks ago, two weeks ago, whenever it came, whenever it showed up the mail-in ballot. And I have a daughter who turns 18 in like a week and a half. She's so bombed because she, you know, she can't vote in this election. She's like, oh, I was almost there. She was born November 21st. She's going to have to wait two more years. Sweet. Why didn't you just push her out 20 days earlier? Because she was already three weeks early. Oh, that probably would have been bad. Yeah. So that would not have been a good choice. But anyway, so just wanted to say, um, rah, rah, go go do it. Remember the day she was born, sweetie? We were watching The Amazing Race. Yeah. We went to see um, that movie. Sideways. Sideways about wine. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of The Amazing Race and then Cameron decided to break your water. Thanks a lot, Cameron. Yeah. We said it was her finger. I don't know if I've ever finished that. The Amazing Race? Yeah. Well, there's plenty of seasons, honey, so you can go back and get going. Is that show still going on? I think so. Yeah. I think it is. And they've kind of like, from what I've seen, they've changed it where now it's just not people that are inspiring, but it's like famous reality stars. Uh, You know, they've kind of upped it a little bit. You got to evolve. I guess so. They used to win the Emmy every year. I remember. And now it's gotten kind of, um, it's it's more of a toss-up. So anyway, um, but so today's an important day, everybody. Um, go do it. Get out there. Get out there. Let's go. Knock it out. Let's go. Um, okay, so let's, we're going to jump right in. Okay. Um, Kathy wrote this Zen Parenting Moment. If you don't get Zen Parenting Moments in your inbox, you must sign up for it. You must, because it's free and it only comes once a week. I will not bother you. Um, and this last one was called Five Essential Parenting Practices. And you start with a quote from Anna Quinlan, who's one of your favorite authors. She is. She says, even today, I'm not sure what worked and what didn't. What was me and what was simply life? When they were very small, I suppose, I thought someday they would become who they were because of what I've done. Now I suspect they simply grew into their true selves because they demanded in a thousand ways that I back off and let them be. Yes. Truth. Well, I was thinking this morning about, before we dive into the parenting practices, I was thinking about, um, like I, I was just saying about the voting, I have a daughter who's turning 18 and she's my middle daughter and she, um, you know, all the girl, all three of my daughters have very different personalities. And I was just thinking about this video that we have of her when she's little. And it's like a, when I say it's a famous video in our family, we talk about it a lot and it's where she's defending her older sister and like yelling at a shadow to back off. Yeah. And she's just, she's like two and a half years old and she's like, basically like back off. You, you're not, you're not good. You're not treating my sister well, just totally speaking up. Mm-hmm. And as a two and a half, that is exactly who she is. Yeah. <laughs> and that like, so we can sit here and say, Oh, we did this and we did this. What we did, um, was we formed a relationship with her, meaning like we connected to our kid who is their own separate human being and we've, you know, created a support system, but she is who she is. We didn't make her. Truth. Um, yeah. And for anybody who has toddlers right now, um, what's interesting is exactly what you just said, sweetie. If you go back and look <laughs> at videos and you see their personalities, you can very easily pay. and maybe it's like a confirmation bias thing cuz maybe sure, sure. maybe Cameron displayed the opposite characteristic at other times sure. and we're just kind of backfilling a story around it but i don't know i think that when our kids are 2 or 3 we can have a pretty good idea if we can like take that story or that observation and fast forward it 20 years and 
I say most of the time it'll be true. Well, I'm thinking about two other. So probably the three most common things, the Cameron yelling at shadows and telling them why they were not fulfilling their, you know, they were not living up to their integrity, <laughs> whatever these shadows were doing wrong. And then the other one is she would, we'd put her like in a snowsuit oh, or yeah. something to go outside and she did not like it. And yeah. she would be frustrated and she would cry and she would be like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. I would basically make her go outside. Yeah. Like put on a snowsuit, go outside, put on gloves and just the sensitivity. She just couldn't stand it. And then the other thing is she was my kid who I would be like, let's walk. And she'd be like, no, let's stroller. Not, how about not walk? How about wagon? How about she just wasn't interested. She, she's somebody who's like, no, I'm very clear about what feels good to me. This doesn't. So I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's a, or if you're going to make me, I'm going to ex- let you know, <laughs> express my displeasure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then she has all these like skills as far, because that's the thing is once you allow your child to thrive in what comes naturally to them, you don't have to say, well, they have other skills. That is, they are, they know exactly who they are. They know what they do well. They use their talents to, you know, express themselves, um, make choices for themselves. Like it, it is a very interesting process. And I think where this can get messy, Todd, is that if you had a, have a child and they did have a certain personality when they were little mm-hmm. and you kind of squashed it. Yeah. Or you like told them to quiet down or you were like, you should be more afraid or you should be less afraid or you should be more shy or you should be more introverted or whatever. You kind of like tried to mold them. Maybe you do see somebody a little different. And I don't necessarily think it's because they are different. I think it's that they've learned how to act. Yeah. And I think that they kind of figure out this is what works in this environment. And maybe when they're with their friends or when they're with other people, all of those other parts come out. But when they're at home, they're like, I know how to, how to, how to contain this. Truth. So, um, it can be interesting. So we're going to jump right in. So there's five different practices that you said, and I just need to be honest. Uh, the first one I think is the most important, Okay. but also for me, kind of the most ho-hum boring. Right. So the title again is Five Essential Parenting Practices. So I didn't really even highlight anything in okay. the first one, but it's we certainly need to go over it because it is the foundation for everything. Uh, and the first one is simply to practice self-compassion. Yeah. So let's ex- let's expand this understanding because I think it's when you write something where you're trying to sum up a lot of things, it is going to be kind of ho-hum unless you can bring it into your own experience. So like Todd said, the first one is practice self-compassion. It's an essential practice. So, you know, what is self-compassion? Like, Todd, do you feel like you want to take a stab at that? Self-compassion is the ability to go easy on yourself. Yeah. It's the ability to give yourself a break. Um, If you're talking about like the research of self-compassion, it has three components. It's the ability to practice mindfulness, to practice self-kindness, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Where's Rachel Simmons when you need her? Because didn't she talk about those three things at her conference or no? Well, a lot of people do, but it's Kristen Neff's research. It's not Rachel Simmons' research. So just look, look up Kristen Neff really quick and because there's and put up three self-compassion practices. There's one that's just eluding me because we're doing this podcast. But anyway, there's actually like a research around self-compassion and why these things actually create an inner state, inner inner, you know, that allows us to be more effective as far... Go ahead. Do you got it? So there's three of them. Okay. 
and she has it something versus the other thing. Self self kindness versus self judgment. Right. So self kindness. Common humanity. That's it. Versus isolation. So common humanity. Yeah. And then lastly, mindfulness versus over identification. Right. So just talking about those three, common humanity just means you're not the only one. So if you made a mistake, if there was something that you forgot, if there was something you did, if there was a, you know, an outburst you had or whatever, you're not the first person to have this experience. If there was something that happened to you, you know, it's not your fault. Like you're not the first person. That's common humanity. Self-kindness, you know, is pretty self-explanatory. Are you treating yourself the way that you would treat a friend? Or are you being so much harder on yourself than you would be to anybody else? And then mindfulness just is the idea of that what happened right this minute doesn't dictate everything else going forward. Mm-hmm. You're just dealing with this moment right here. And every and all your history doesn't dictate this moment, you know? Yeah, and I sometimes find myself ask, reminding myself that, or friends who are really triggered with some parenting challenges, they usually, and I usually do not parent from the present moment. Instead, I parent... Fast forwarding 10 years, because Mm -hmm. if she, if this kid does this now, what will this mean 10 years from now? Right. And 99% of the time, they're just made up stories in my head that really have no validity. Yeah. And I think some, and that's a big thing that you, you know, and you have an awareness of that. I think we all do that. And I think where this can be really a challenge is when we parent where we're doing certain things and we haven't even questioned why. That some like that, we're like, oh, I'm afraid this will happen in the future. But sometimes we're like, my kid needs this school. They need this class. They need this sport. They need this friend group. They need, and we're not even wondering why we think that. Sweetie, that's a perfect segue into number two. But we can't be done with number one yet. Okay. Can you hold that segue? I know. It's just beautiful because you're talking about practicing curiosity. I know. And that, so we will get to it. But I think the thing, the thing that I want to come full circle with around compassion that's most important is that our belief system that being, making our kids afraid, lecturing them, um, maybe using, unkind things that we say to them, like you're lazy or you're never going to make it, or how are you going to be successful if you're this way? Or I can't believe you got a C, you should have gotten an A. This kind of luxury, fear-based way of parenting actually doesn't change behavior. And again, research-based, Kristen's Neff's research around self-compassion, and it's been replicated and replicated and replicated, teaching our kids how to see, like saying, oh, you got a C on a test. Oh, that must have been rough. Is there anything I can do to support you? Because I know that you would prefer to, you know, I know you studied or that I know you'd prefer a different grade. What can I do? That subtle practice of you can still comment on it, you can still bring it up, but you can also say it in such a way that you're not using fear mm-hmm. and you're not using condemnation. You're using a sense of, oh, that must be rough. I understand. What can I do? And they will have more of an inner drive to do better than if you do the alternative. And I've said that on this podcast uh, before, and I'll say it again. Um, and this is an oversimplification of what it means to be a parent. Yeah. But I feel like like in this second year of us hosting this podcast, I said something, or maybe you said it, and I just kind of grabbed onto it. My job as a parent is to keep them safe, and that's a huge word. Like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Because we can 
make our kids so safe that they never experience the world. So I understand it's an oversimplification, but keep them safe and then just get out of their way. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because um, Anna Quinlan says, if I can find this stupid piece of paper, which I think is wonderful. uh, I have it at the top of mine. Um, Go ahead. I mean, there's just that one sentence. Yeah, she says, now I suspect... um, they simply grew into their true selves because they demanded in a thousand ways that I back off and let them yeah, be. Back off and let them be, mm-hmm. which I think is a really scary idea for any parents, whether they're two or 12 or 22. Because it then doesn't meet our dreams and yeah. expectations. I mean, to really say, I'm going to let my kid enjoy what they enjoy and be who they are and dress the way they want to dress and be involved in what they want, then our dream and our picture doesn't match up with that. Right. So there is a there is a dream that we all go in, we all, you know, become parents and we have this vision of what it's going to look like. And a lot of times instead of envisioning a relationship or supporting someone in their growth or allowing them to thrive, we instead see things like I'm going to teach them how to fish and I'm going to have them be in music and I'm going to have them dress up and make them all match and I'm going to do their hair every day. And we have these like visions of I'm going to make them be and look a certain way to help myself feel better about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't mean you can't do that. Like, you know, like it doesn't mean you can't do their hair. What it means is what is the intention And are they involved in the process? Like there are times that it's still like, you know, with the girls, especially when they were young, they've always been in charge of their own hair or whatever. But I'd be like, you know, it's windy today. Do you, you know, you want a ponytail? No, I don't. don't. (laughs) Can you think of any um, examples of, you know, because we all, as as parents, we we do have visions of what our kids' lives are going to be like. And I know like for me is like, I wanted all three of my kids to love the outdoors and go sure. camping. Sure. That's not happening. That is completely untrue. Oh my God. Here we go. When was the last time any of us went camping? You have a daughter who loves to be in the outdoors. Right. I know. spent a whole summer. I said summer. all three, sweetie. Oh, okay. All three, the whole family. Oh. Let's go out and tent for four days somewhere. Well, and that, I mean, yes, I, I totally get your point and I'm not going to like jump all over you right. about it, but that that's you. That's what you want to do. I, uh, I know, I know, but my I'm making, vision. I totally, but I'm making the point for everybody else. I'm not talking about you personally now, right. Todd. I'm saying your desire, like just the way I'm talking about the language, your desire, I want my kids to do this thing. Right. So right away, when we say those sentences, I want, that has nothing to do with them. And that's that's the whole point of this dream versus reality. Right. And that's the thing is, um, I, I think I, I need to check my vision of what it was going to be like and allow other things to show up in right. its place. But I do need to kind of like, and I have been, and I don't really, it doesn't bother me anymore, but there's a time like, oh, this is not what I thought we, how we would go on vacation. I thought we would go, you know, be cavemen, not cavemen, but like, you know, Paul Bunyan types and go camp and it just didn't happen. So the, the point is it's, there's nothing wrong with having those visions, but they're my visions. Correct. Has nothing to do with them. My butler. Yeah, this is my butler. My butler. So I think the the thing that that I when you were saying that all these things start popping into my head about depending on who you were as a kid, you're going to have different reactions to this. If you had a parent who basically 
told you what you were going to do and said, this is, we're going to drive across country. Now we're going to camp. Now we're going to do this now. And you had to follow along on the ride. You may be like, now it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell everybody what they need to do. Right. But like in my experience, my my experience was I was often because I'm a child of the, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, I'm the child of the 80s. So there wasn't a lot of asking questions of what I wanted. I really remember that and don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. To Like when I think about saying to, because I know how I like a vacation and I'm quite aware, my vacation ideally is literally what that word means, which is we're going to go somewhere. It's going to be pretty. I'm going to relax. I'm not going to be on a schedule. Nobody's going to tell me I have to be somewhere at a certain time. I'm going to look at the ocean. I'm going to look at the sunset. And I want that. But I know not everyone in my family does. So I'm not going to impose. I'm going to try and get that for myself, but I'm not going to be like, all of you need to do this Mm -hmm. because that's not fair because that was imposed on me. So we take one don't you think, Todd, like we kind of go one way or the other. Either we say, I had to do a bunch of crap I didn't want to do, so now I'm going to take charge. Sure. Or if we were imposed upon, sometimes we're like, I'm not going to do that. Well, and there's times that we have to find, somehow meet in the middle. Right. Like we all went to Joshua Tree, yeah. and me and JC loved it. Right. And then there's certain other family members that were not nearly as enthralled. Right. Doesn't mean we didn't go to Joshua Tree, but <laughs> maybe Cam's we... like, there's a tree. Yeah. There's a tree. Right. <laughs> maybe we cut the trip back a little bit because you know certain of us want probably want to spend more time there right and other people are like why do we even have to go in the first place because there's another tree right and so now segue to the next one so we can keep this conversation going practice curiosity and this is what i highlighted our children can frustrate and confuse us especially if they see the world differently or act differently from their siblings right perfect point right we're talking about yeah and then i highlighted the last line we can ask open-ended questions so we can better understand or support them when they're struggling, our ability to remain curious rather than demanding or certain eases tension and allows for a calmer and more compassionate way of engaging. Okay. So there's so much there, but I want to go back to just right where we left off with the Joshua Tree thing. So practicing curiosity, when I'm talking about, um, you know, on a vacation, I shouldn't expect everyone to do what I want to do. I also have to recognize that sometimes we have to do things that are outside of our comfort zone. Um, and be curious about what other people like and be curious about an experience that um, that somebody else is interested in. So like, we'll just use Joshua Tree. It was really interesting and I really did want sure. to see it. I didn't have the same experience you and JC did, but I also understand why you did. And I don't say, what's wrong with you guys? Right. You're, this a, is, you're a team player. Right. And so take it off me for a second. And let's just talk about like in parenting, sometimes we'll be like, because I'm not having a good time. Yeah. No one should be having a good time because through my eyes, I see trees and it's very dusty and it's very dry and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of look through our eyes and say, everybody should think like I do. Right. Curiosity is, you know, now we'll go back to our family. This isn't my ideal vacation, sure, but it, it is interesting and it can be fun to see other people enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, like when you love people, sometimes it's fun when JC was finding all these places to take pictures and, and the, and Skylar and Cameron were climbing and yeah. having a good time too. Like it wasn't like anyone was miserable. It's just the difference between experiences. Well, and if we tried to, you know, cause that was more focused, JC and I were the biggest fans of going to Josh, right. I would guess. It, you guys led If the we charge. did something like that every weekend and, you know, one person got their way, but the other four right. got dragged along. Right. 
it would have probably got, but because we don't do this very often, we're like, hey, can you guys step outside of your comfort zone? We're going to drive an hour and a half to this place where there's a bunch of trees and right. rocks. And then uh, we're going to spend a good chunk of the day there. And that if we did that every weekend, I think our fi- family dynamics would be a little bit more, I don't know, intense, charged. charged yeah. So, And that wouldn't be curiosity. That would be like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like they're, and I think adding it. Okay, Todd, we could have totally used this when the kids were younger. It would have been a way to entertain them in the car or maybe wind them down before bed. It's this streaming service called Pinna. Pinna is an audio streaming service just for kids that includes tons of podcasts, audiobooks, and more for ages 3 to 12. They offer some well-known stories and so many original podcasts and audiobooks, which kids are really enjoying. Plus, Pinna is a game changer for daily card trips, to and from school, and for weekend getaways. Not only will parents love listening, but the kids will beg to turn on Pinna the second they step in the car. It's a routine they can look forward to and makes car rides more enjoyable for the whole family. Pinna is offering our listeners one year of Pinna for 50% off. Just head to Pinna. Dot fm slash promo to sign up and use the coupon code ZPR at checkout. That's Pinna, P-I-N-N-A dot FM slash promo. Now on with the show. A little bit more, I don't know, intense, charged. charged yeah. so. And that wouldn't be curiosity. That would be like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like they're... And I think adding it into compassion, you know, the bringing... Because I mean, all of these tie together is that what the understanding is that like a lot of things can be interesting and the only way that we figure out what's interesting to us is having an experience. And sometimes the experience then tells us a lot about ourselves. Like this is not really my thing. One of my least favorite characteristics, and this is because I've experienced it so much, and Todd, you do this jokingly, but you and I, I know you don't mean this at all, is that the idea that somebody else's idea of joy is more important or more valuable than Mm -hmm. another person's. I am very quick to say to anybody, even people who don't know me very well, when they're like, well, this is what people have to do. And I'm like, no, this is what you you have have to to do. do. Because, you know, you go through a long period of your life where you feel really quieted and silenced and people tell you you're doing it wrong. When you start to recognize that we all have a different way of being in the world, I don't I'm not comfortable being in the presence of someone telling me that their way is the only way. And I don't say to them, my way is the only way, because it's not. Mm -hmm. I'm so clear that the way that I see life is not how everybody sees it. And I'm so fine with that. So I kind of don't understand the opposite. So, And I know you don't feel this way, Todd, but take that position. Like, Why would someone think that going to Joshua Tree is the only way like what do you what would you take because i'm sure there's men and women but you work with mostly men who are like this is just what you do this is the Um, most important thing so why do people think that i don't i just i think it's just a lack of being able to see anything through anybody else's lenses and we can be talking about politics or religion or ideology or joshua tree national park like look at these trees look at how the sky and the rocks you know work with each other look listen that there's no sound like there's no airplanes there's no mcdonald's like this is heaven. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would be like, this is heaven. And somebody else would be like, where's my iced tea from Starbucks? And I like noise. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we connect with something, we want to like celebrate it. We want those around us, especially our family members to celebrate it with us. So so you're getting to it there. The reason that people, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I was testing you, I'm realizing right. from your words what you're saying is we all want to be seen. Mm-hmm. So the people who are like, no, mm-hmm. this is the only way. Sure. 
I feel like there's either one or two things going on. Either they're like, please see me because this is important to me. Or number two, somebody else told me this was important. Mm -hmm. So please validate that or I'm not quite sure what to do. You know what I mean? Like some people are like you, what you do is you become a swimmer and that's what all families, you know, our family becomes swimmers. So you need to swim, you need to swim. And this person does. And then they meet someone who has a different viewpoint, like, ah, I prefer walking or I'm a runner. And they're like, well, wait a second. I was told swimming was the thing. So if we blow up that idea, Mm -hmm. then the world becomes a little less, we become, the positive is we become more curious. Yeah. The scary part is our foundation gets rocked. Well, and just to, I guess to bring it in a much more common example, other than, you know, going to a national park, like for me, like I love board games, right? Yes, you and do. And last night I played uh, Trouble with Skylar. Yes. So I continue to play board games, but there's a part of me that like I, you know, I watch probably too much TV too, but the way that we we typically connect now that JC's gone, we usually watch a show together. Yeah, it's like that. shoulder to shoulder quality mm-hmm. time and good conversation. Good conversation. We could talk about it before. We could talk excited After. about it. We could talk about it afterwards. But if it were up to me, we would replace one of those nights of TV watching with playing Sorry or something silly like that. And it's just not. Um, I know I would be forcing something that not everybody wanted to do. Right. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Or like chess players. Like I want all my family to be able to play chess. It's it's such an incredible game. And, um, you know, there's been moments where my kids are like, yeah, let's play chess. But it's not what I was envisioning for the future. And that's fine. For, yeah, for, for you. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's all about me. Yes. And I think that... Oh gosh, I have so many thoughts. I think that like I when I hear you say that you're like I want us to play board games, that's what I envision and you don't force it. And I like and again, my perspective, you do not have to defend this point, but when you hear because I'm in the same family as you, I'm like but you texted and Skyler's like I'll play. Yeah. So you're getting that, right. but you just want everyone to do what you All want. All five to of do. us. If there's part of me that's like it's less meaningful if it's just two of us. If it was four of us, it would be even more meaningful. Right. And that to me feels so heavy. Mm-hmm. Like because basically the idea to me is I want all of you guys to do what I want to do and then I'll feel loved. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a place for that. Yeah. Meaning there are times we all do things for each other. Sure. I want to watch this movie. This is the restaurant I choose tonight. Um, you know, you want to play a board game. I'm not saying we don't do that occasionally. That's the curiosity piece too. It's like, oh, let's just play. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But there's also that feeling, that vibe yeah. that I'd call it is a heavy vibe sure. because it basically means if I go do something that's that's more m- meaningful to me now, you will be upset about it. Sure. So that's hard. Yeah. And and obviously everybody, Todd and I are talking about us, but hopefully you're you're insert your own insert story. Insert your own story into this, yeah. Where there's a lot of like, and then let's take it a step further and then we'll move on to the next one, is then we create guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Where we'll be like, no one ever does what I want to do. Yeah. No one ever cares about what I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the the beautiful thing about these five essential parenting practices is not only do you live them, but you give them. Yeah. So you have to practice self-compassion to teach self-compassion, to role model it. You have to practice curiosity to have people be curious about what you like. Yeah. And I also feel like you have to take responsibility for it. Like, 
you know, and this is a dumb one, but I'll share it. You know, my girls know the music I like. They know the things I'm interested in. They know a lot about that. And, and I, you know, I was sad to hear this weekend that Aaron Carter passed away. Um, he was kind of a, you know, singer, you know, pop star. Um, and you know, I'm not quite sure why he died yet. I've been reading and I don't think they've given us a report, but he was only 34 and his brother, Nick Carter is in the Backstreet Boys, which is my girls know that I've followed them around and have loved them since I was 25. And, you know, I sent them a video last night of the Backstreet Boys perform last night. Did you see that, Todd? I did not. And Nick um, couldn't get through their song. This is Aaron, yeah. He's a young kid at this. How old yeah. is this kid well, when he did this video? Um, Looks like 12? he's four. <laughs> four. It's crazy. So, but let me say something about, let me get deep about Nick and Aaron Carter for okay. a second. They actually did a reality show. I didn't really watch the show. How did you not watch that show? Uh, well, that's funny. It was at a time in my life when the girls were really little. Mm. It just, I wasn't watching anything. But I saw a clip last night on TikTok because everybody's, you know, honoring Aaron Carter. And he had a lot of trouble, by the way. Like, I'm not, I completely know that Aaron was not making good choices. He had dealt with addiction and that may not have been a choice at all. That might have been a family thing. Who knows? But my point is, is I've seen, you know, I see all the sides of Aaron Carter. Um, but he and Nick are actually having a conversation and Nick says to him, this is like a piece of the reality show. Do you feel like I left you? Mm-hmm. Because they had a pretty dysfunctional home mm-hmm. and Nick left with the Backstreet Boys. Get out of Dodge, man. Screw this. And Aaron said, Absolutely. And he said, the only reason I became a singer was to go on the road with you. Mm. I just wanted to do what you were doing because Aaron and Britney Spears opened for the Backstreet Boys for a long time. And, you know, and Aaron's like, I didn't want to have this life. I just couldn't bear to not be with you. Mm. You know, like there's, yeah. And it was, and Nick felt awful. But anyway, the Backstreet Boys had a performance last night and Nick went out, but he couldn't complete any songs. He was really, and I... It was, people were taping it and, you know, so much personal stuff we have out there. Anyway, um, my point is I sent that video to everybody because everyone knew that would be meaningful to me. Mm. Like, and and it's okay if people don't look at it. I just am like, here's who I am in the family. Sure. Here's the thing that's interesting to me. And it's kind of a crapshoot whether or not people are interested, but I'm not mad if Mm. they're not. I'm just sharing of myself. Sure. And don't you think like, and- we could take it off of you. Sure. Whenever you're sharing anything, you want that the people you're sharing it with to sure. experience it. So sure, sure, yeah. So I'll take ownership of that. I wouldn't be sending it if I didn't want to share. But I also understand there's two parts to this. First of all, I send a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if I was, where? How do you rank? I know Scott Cameron's last, right? Yeah, as far meaning as looking she at doesn't texts, look. Yeah. Um, um, where am I? Am I? Am I? You're pretty good. Am I better than JC and Skylar? I need to be, I need to know what order I'm in. You know, Skylar always Skylar's probably the best. likes or loves everything. JC usually writes something. I'm going to say it's probably Skylar, JC in a two-way tie, then me, then Cameron. Yeah. And sometimes Cameron responds, especially if it's something about one of the shows we're watching sure. or she's, it's interesting to her. But if it's just a random video that's anything over 30 seconds, she's like, Forget it. she's like, I'm, I'm. I'm moving and shaking out here. <laughs> um, so I have to go uh, to oh, yeah, yeah, school yeah. in 15 okay. minutes. I'm okay. only two in. Um, okay. Number three. Third one, which is awesome. Practice creativity. Yeah, the reason I favorite. like this one is because I don't think that we think of parenting as creativity. Mm. And I think it's a really undervalued 
asset. I think it's an undervalued word just talking about it. So someone should write a book about that. I, I know. Um, we are, uh, so we could probably do a whole show on practicing creativity, but what was your, and maybe we will, but what yeah. was your inspiration regarding putting this one in? We will. It's coming. I'm doing a lot of writing. Um, so because it is, I mean, parenting is completely a creative act. When I think of creativity, I think of like art class and all that. I what, know. what do you mean when you say practicing creativity? So I think when you, and not just parenting, when you are in relationship, you are at, you are being asked if you are going to be in a healthy relationship that takes other people into consideration, it is in inevitably a creative experience. What does that mean? You have to take a lot of things into account, be very aware, have an open mind of where you're coming from, where other people are coming from, and make choices that are often out of the box and new and vulnerable, risky, um, to connect. Non-creativity is the idea that we have laws and this is how we keep order in our house. And you don't speak to me this way. And I get to speak to you a certain way. And here's what a parent is. And here's what a kid is. And follow this. And then we're going to be fine. Yep. That is not creative. There is nothing. That is very rigid. And create. So just to give an image, because I know we don't have a lot of time. A tree that is planted and rooted. Again, rooted in the ground. It can stand still, and when the wind blows, it can kind of flow and move, and it's definitely creative. Sometimes the you know, leaves grow, and they grow and change, and they become different colors, and it's constantly changing and evolving and processing, and it blows back and forth, right? And it can handle that. A tree that is rigid and dry and has no change and is like, you know, there's nothing new coming up from the roots. They're not taking, maybe not getting enough sun, it's going to break. Like it's going, when the wind blows, it's going to crack. Yeah. Brittle. Brittle. Like, and, and so, you know, kind of a strange analogy for this, but our ability to be fluid and moving and creative in our parenting where we question, oh, I've been doing this for five years and it's been working, but it doesn't seem to be working now. Instead of what's wrong with my kid, we say, why is this process not working anymore? How can I be more creative in figuring out how to communicate? I find it to be Sometimes in crisis, nothing is fun. So don't get me wrong. But sometimes when I'm like, oh, this isn't working anymore, I find it to be interesting. Uh, maybe the word fun is a little too strong to feel like, well, so what am I going to do different here? Well, and I love that the example you give when your kids are um, at the dinner table and they're really quiet yeah. and just they get really defensive. Yeah. You know, it's disheartening, right? Yeah, that's hard. And it's what I like is you come up with like really practical solutions, which we've shared on this podcast, but it's worth repeating is we need to get our creativity chops going Yeah, because, our, you know, I think there's a part of us that wants our kids to fall into place, ask questions, be receptive to our wisdom. Tell me about your day. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. And we, if we're going to be quote unquote, good parents or mature parents or whatever, whatever it is. Connected parents. Connected parents. We need to get creative. Yeah. And some of that would go against what I would think is um, practical advice. Like if your kid is gaming a lot, the last thing you want to do is support their gaming habit. But maybe one of the best things you can do to connect with them is to have them teach you how to play the game that they love so much. 
and to understand it yeah. and to understand what they're getting from it, who they're communicating with when they're doing it. Not because you're trying to oversee it and because you're afraid, but my kid is a human being. They are good people, meaning like, you know, they have good hearts and they're doing their best to get along in the world. What are they gaining from this? What And not like, what are you gaining? But like, really, like, is it the reward system? I find myself playing this dumb game called Word Cookies on my phone. It's get has a million ads on it. But the reason I play it is it's I get a reward boost. If I get it right, I get a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. So I'm very aware that those kind of things psychologically, I mean, and I'm I'm probably, that's the only game I have on my phone. I know. Think about Candy Crush and all those other things. Why do people play? Because they get a dopamine rush. Yeah. There's a reason. So I, and so one of the things about creativity um, is vulnerability. And one of the reasons that I sing a lot with my kids and that I move around a lot or dance or do whatever when I'm talking to them is there's a vulnerability where I'm not so rigid. When I sing a question, I'm already throwing them off guard in a good way, meaning like I'm willing to be silly. I'm willing to be a disruptor in this situation. Like if everybody's quiet at the dinner table, I may be like, woo, it's really quiet. Mix it up. Mix it up. Like you don't have to be like, hmm, I'm quite concerned. So creativity is a lot of different things. It's ability to adjust your energy in the moment. And to think outside the box and to be vulnerable. Well, what I love at the end of this paragraph, um, if you want to, because I think us parents love to hear ourselves talk and loves to hear ourselves lecture our kids. If we want to share some of our own thoughts, we can leave post-it notes on their door. And these yes. are all things that you do, sweetie. Yes. Notes on their bed, text articles or memes that you think they'd enjoy. I think that that is, I don't do most of those things. Just And I, I would judge that most parents don't do those things. And I think it's a really, really valuable tool is like communicate to them in a different way. Because if we keep like trying the same thing over and over and we're like, oh, I just can't get... Well, this is how I was parenting. I can't connect with this kid. Yeah. It's because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, right. expecting a different result. So. Yeah. You're not meeting You're not meeting them where they can hear you. And then the last thing is like, and this was very easy for Todd and I, um, I'm not saying this was a stretch, but I honestly love Taylor Swift as much as my girls do. Yeah. So talk about a connective tissue between yeah. like all the, five of us. It's it's probably overstating, but it's like the lifeblood of what we talk about. I know. Well, and it, it gives us, and again, it's like not everything, but having it makes other things easier. Like we, the, we communicate in lyrics. We have an understanding of genius. She talks about things that we're interested in. She talks about misogyny. She talks about power. She's a badass person. And the things that she's dealing with become commentary in our lives. And not because we agree with every single thing and and we love every single song. We're not diehards. We are invested. You know, what's interesting. No, we are diehards. (laughs) When I am, um, when I'm taking my kid to practice or taking them somewhere and they just, they had a long day at school. They don't want to talk to their dad. I'll be like, how about we put on Taylor Swift? T-Swift baby. And that will instantly, you know, just, and we may not even talk. No, we may just, but I just talk about like parenting in the eighties. Like I just remember what an AM sports radio station sounded like when I was a little kid. Right. And it was, I mean, it ended up, helping me like like and love sports sure. but i don't remember having 
any decision-making power in what we listen to in the car. Well, and again, there's a mix. Like, they don't always get... We're not always playing Taylor Swift. Like, sometimes we are playing The Doors, and sometimes we are playing my music, and sometimes we are just listening to a podcast. So it's not about everything is that. It's about... It's a connective piece. And like Todd said, if they get in the car and they're bummed out, that's an easy thing. We have seven minutes and we All right. have two I more know, practices. I know, babe. I'm here. Uh, number four, practice listening. What do you think about this one, sweetie? Well, so this can be easy. You don't need to talk so much. <laughs> you just... And, and I am speaking as someone who talks a lot. Um, I like to hear myself talk because that's how I figure out what I'm thinking. Um, that's why I like to write because I figure out what I think. <laughs> um, but sometimes my practice has been when I'm ready to come back with something or demonstrate it or show them something or tell a story, my practice is don't say anything. When I think of listening, I think all five of these practices are super important. I don't know if you can eliminate any of them, but listening, I think, is such a challenging concept because the more the older I get, the more I understand what listening is. And right. for me, listening is like a full body experience. Right. It is an intentional experience. It is making sure that the person across from you feels completely understood. Whereas before I was just like hearing people. Totally different. Yeah. And it's totally different. And I've learned through certain self-help books and through with, with you is like the idea of active listening, which means if somebody's talking to me for four minutes and they're losing me, I'm going to interrupt them and say, listen, you're losing me. Hang on. Let me make sure I got you. I care. And then, yeah. and then, and then you can keep talking mm-hmm. or reflective listening, which means giving them their words back. And for me, um, holding space is a, is an important word in my life and it totally has to do with listening. It's like, can we hold the space, AKA listening when our kid comes home, starts complaining about something that happened at lunchtime today? Mm-hmm. Can we listen, hold the space, be non-judgmental, try not to fix, I mean, all that stuff. And it's, I'm never going to be like, okay, I know I got this now. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's a practice that I have to keep cultivating, and hopefully I do until I I die. And the last thing I'll say about listening is a lot of times the reason we struggle with it is what we're hearing is hard to process. And Mm -hmm. it may not even be a difficult story, but we want our kid to be more grateful, or we want our kid to see the work we're doing, or we want our kid to be nicer to people, or we want our kid to be better at something if they're telling us they're not good at it. So instead of listening to them, we're having an internal reaction to what they're telling us, and everything we're saying back to them is about fix this so I don't have to feel it. Mm -hmm. That's really, you know, our kid may be like, you know, sitting in the lunchroom and none of the kids were really talking to me. Well, did you try and talk to them? Did you, what did you do? Did you maybe say something that made them mad? Did you, do you talk to them in class? Because did you get them presents? Are you giving them food from your, like, we're so uncomfortable with the fact that they may be having a difficult time that we're trying to fix, fix, fix. And that's own our experience. Right now you're saying hard things for me to hear, you know, eighth grader or whatever it is. And instead of me trying to fix it or blame them for not showing up at school the way that we want them to. Right. As if we really know what's happening. Can we really experience it through a lens of non-judgment? Can we experience it without making up all these stories of what it's going to mean tomorrow or next week or 10 years from now? And it is not an easy thing to do. No. Do you remember a long time ago, and then we'll do the last one, where we would say sometimes with our kids, instead of being in their in a parent mind, we have to be like an aunt or uncle, Yes. where we are more of a support system 
with less of the concern about it's all on us. You know, when you're talking to your nieces or nephews, you guys, and they tell you a story, you're a little more removed from it because you realize it's not all on you. And sometimes I feel like we have to take in that aunt and uncle energy. So anyway. I, I think that's super important. Yeah. Like, I feel like that should be like a mantra yeah. for us parents. Be their aunt. <laughs> yeah. Be their uncle. Yeah. Be their cousin. Be, their be the cousin. person that loves them and sees them, but isn't so charged yes, about it. totally. Yeah. Um, last but not least, practiced open. What do you think about that one? Well, I think the openness basically, you know, it's a good one to close on because it just means understand they're going to change and grow. Understand it's a, it's similar to curiosity, but curiosity is more like literal in the moment. And openness is life is unpredictable. Life is uncertain. Life is ever changing. You know, I'm always interested talking to parents of younger kids. And, and when I'm talking about you guys right now, no, I was you too. But when they'll be like, oh, you know, they have a three or four year old. Oh, she's dancing around the house all day. She's going to be a dancer. Maybe. But she may not. That may just be what she does at three or four. Or, you know, he just loves sports. He'll never put this ball down. Or he's just reading all the time. He's going to be a voracious reader. Maybe. But how about just be open to allowing them to evolve and change instead of pigeon, you know, pigeonholing them. Don't do the, that's my smart one. That's my athlete. That's my, you know. And it's so seductive it, to do that because it, it makes me feel safe. Because if I can encapsulate this person in a word, then I don't have to think about who they are or right. practice openness. Right. You close it by saying, stay open to what comes next instead of doubling down what was. It's a freedom filled with surprises and it keeps us from missing right now, which is the only place we can ever be. How fun is it just to let our kids grow and evolve? And I, I'm even watching it with my almost 20 year old. She's She's had such a different year than last year. And she's so interesting and she's having difficult experiences and great experiences. And, and it's not all easy, but it's, that's what's happening. Be open to it. And you get to, we as parents and, or we, as people who love our kids get to show up and support them through the process. That's what we get to do. What an honor. Um, so Kathy has a book. If you're watching this on Vimeo, holding it up right here. Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. It's an amazing book. If you haven't read it or listened to it, because it is on Audible, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be the popular place. And uh, I do coach guys. Um, I'm kind of getting filled up, which is a great thing. But if there's any guys out there and they want to do a 30-minute kind of exploration discussion, uh, just hit me up at toddadamscoaching.com and living create spaces for men to connect deeply and live fully. And then don't forget about Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald headed beauty and he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So as you put on the music, the five essential practices, practice self-compassion, practice curiosity, practice creativity, practice listening, practice openness. This was a Zen parenting moment. If you want to get these kind of things in your inbox, scroll down below and subscribe. And uh, check us out at Team Zen. Love to have you on the team. Keep trucking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.